Hello and welcome to Scrutiny's Emerging Trends podcast with cybersecurity expert Shane Shook. Today we discuss phishing, social engineering and manipulation of work social networks and how organisations can better prepare themselves for these types of exploitations and attacks. Welcome Shane, thank you for joining us. Let's kick this session off by discussing what emerging trends and significant risks you have been seeing over the past few months. So it's more of the same really that uh, we've talked about on the last couple of podcasts. The challenge now though is while more of the same is occurring, it's occurring more specifically. What I mean by that is we see that work from home has become more of an accepted work practice of course now. But with that, what I'm seeing in investigations that I'm performing for clients is that somewhat more susceptible to phishing and social engineering attacks because we don't really have the water cooler experience anymore while we're working from home. And what I mean by that is in an office environment, the people that we interact with are typically more than just the silo that we work within, whether that silo is sales or administration or HR or IT, product development or shipping or the like. Uh, Whereas when we work from home, we tend to stay focused on our own silo or our own peer group with whom we work and on whom our uh, objectives to be met are managed. And so we have less inclusion in our network of sports, which makes us actually, as is apparent from the investigations I'm doing, more susceptible to targeted phishing or social engineering, things like phone calls from bad actors. Because what I'm finding is through observation in some situations, we tend to be more abrupt with people that are not directly in our own silo of work. And so if we get a phone call, if we're a sales exec or an HR person or a finance person, we get a phone call from a help desk or IT We tend to be more interested in resolving whatever that phone call is about or responding to that email than actually taking the time to uh, validate that that person is who they say they are or that they represent something that needs to be done. It's just a different dynamic. And I'm seeing this through literal observation in client environments, as well as through some testing for some clients using these techniques. That's all based on actual investigations that I've been doing. So... As we're extending our work from home stays, uh, I'm finding that these social networks that we have being manipulated because we're drilling into our own uh, select networks more with less inclusion of the um, workspace or the work environment that we'd otherwise find in the office. And that just makes us more susceptible. Okay, so if that is what's being exploited, what would you recommend organizations do to protect themselves while remote working? It's a funny thing. Um, I know we all hate this to some extent, but I think it's really important for executives to uh, hold more company-wide meetings, maybe on a weekly basis, believe it or not. It's probably more important now to have more inclusion in the office environment than it is to have less And I don't mean inclusion in terms of, you know, the hiring practices or that sort of thing. I mean, really respecting and valuing our colleagues in the workplace by making sure that we're opening these doors and having a more inclusive communicating environment. I know, for example, IT is resorting more to things like Discord or Slack channels. And if you step back and think about it, it's unlikely that HR or administration or payroll uh, even know what those types of services are. So while IT often likes to uh, point the finger and say that those functions of the business are 
not as technically informed or capable as they are. And similarly, finance or HR or executive functions often point the finger and say that IT is not as cognizant of the business objectives or mission. We need to take a moment and step back and breathe a little bit and say, uh, you know, we're all part of the same organization. So it's really important to be more inclusive in the, uh, the meetings, invite more people from more functions of the business to the meetings that actually would occur in a standard office environment. Okay, so what kind of investment should be made or considered? You know, nobody likes to hear this, but more company-wide meetings is probably necessary to be safer from a security perspective, at least in the face of these uh, social engineering attacks. If we know how uh, each other communicate and we know the nature of those communications, we're less likely to be manipulated by bad actors who are mimicking other people's profiles. So how can organizations be aware of these types of exploitations and attacks? Uh, well, so the first thing comes down to, um, as I mentioned, be more inclusive. If you're more inclusive, then things like security awareness training have more benefits. If I were to tell you, don't click on links, but then I don't include you in company-wide meetings or in, in meetings that you perhaps in marketing or finance wouldn't necessarily attend like ERP updates or CRM updates, like more uses of Salesforce. If it's just seen as a software update for IT to resolve and we don't include finance or HR, for example, even though they should be uh, by the functions that they perform for the business, then how effective is it for me to say, don't click on links if you feel like you're excluded from or unaware of what IT is doing. If we're more inclusive in the meetings and we have more organizational communications, not just by email, of course, but by uh, Zoom meetings or you know, open calls, then when we get the security awareness training, which should be more often now rather than less often, since we are all working independently, or at least in small silos, then we'll be more aware of the benefit of not clicking on links. Or we'll also be more aware of, you know, what each other sound like so that when we get that phone call from the um, help desk that says to uh, open this link on the Internet so that I can fix your browser that's telling me that your computer has a virus, we'll be more aware of that's likely not our IT person actually speaking to us. So security awareness training can be made more effective and it is more important right now if we're more inclusive in the work that we're doing to the organization's goals in general. Other things that go along with it, though, it's more important to have cyber risk audits in order to increase situational awareness of our posture and hygiene. What I'm seeing is, to some extent, a slide in our uh, a slide backwards in the level of security hygiene that organizations have adopted. Uh, we were making good pace with many clients. Uh, where we're performing quarterly audits, for example, on their cyber risks and hygiene while we were working in the office environments. But since we've gone to uh, work from home, I'm seeing a slide backward in the common hygiene principles of building configuration management or network ACL controls. And it's not because we're working from home where I'm seeing the ACL slide, for example. It's in our use of VPN services, where we're opening more ports for more services with less 
situational awareness for monitoring because in many cases the monitoring isn't implemented in the right levels of the network architecture or we're putting in quick patches on demand for you know execution of vendor or client or partner provisions with less comprehensive inclusion of the different functions of the business from a risk sort of committee perspective. It's important to have more cyber risk audits, maybe consider going to a monthly cadence rather than quarterly while we work through the quarantine issues or more aggressively pursue SOC tooling where we have near real-time monitoring of key access logs, for example, from VPN services or domain resolution requests or email monitoring or antivirus monitoring. If we're not going to increase the pace or the cadence of our cyber risk audits, then really pursue more aggressively the SOC situational awareness monitoring of key services for tools that we are already paying for so that we increase visibility and situational awareness, which will give us a perspective on how effective we are with our security awareness as an organization as well as even personally knowing where to focus on individuals perhaps that aren't getting the message of situational awareness for security you know in terms of who's clicking on the most links or perhaps who's going to the most suspect sites not for purposes necessarily of saying that that's bad as much as is bad for us to not have communicated or been inclusive enough in our security awareness training so that they know not to do these things. So I'd say awareness comes from training, but it also comes from tooling. And that tooling is either, or really both, periodic audits as well as monitoring with soft tools. And audits are necessary even with consistent monitoring like SOC provides, because you've also got to audit the effectiveness of the tools that you're paying for. And the cadence of audits, unfortunately, um, because social engineering has become the preferred technique as we uh, drill deeper into our silos, the cadence of the audits has become uh, more important. What kind of investments should be made or considered then by organizations? Yeah, so when we were in a work-from-the-office sort of environment, even though we had 20% or or better mobile workforce, you know, we really had to focus on fortress protection. But with the work-from-home where we're all individually fortresses, we have to really focus more on what I call archipelago protection because we're extending the network into, you know, many hundred times, in some cases, the number of fortresses that we need to protect. Things like perimeter security, Uh, While they're still important for the core office functions, they're less effective in the distributed work-from-home environment. Instead, for this distributed type of architecture, we need to really consider things like isolation technologies, browser or office application isolation. And we also need to consider things like enforced DNS protection and enforced email monitoring and filtering. So for DNS protection, for example, uh, simple things like on-login application of a group policy where perhaps we leverage the benefit of Quad9 or Quad8 DNS filtering that uh, Google and IBM respectively offer us. Uh, That's something that can be done for free at the endpoint on-login to a domain service 
uh, with a group policy or for uh, email monitoring. I think, unfortunately, it's necessary not only to rely on email monitoring that we're paying for with maybe Office 365 or Mimecast, but also consider implementing a second layer, such as Area 1, for example, or if you're using Mimecast, implement also the uh, O365 or Google uh, email filtering, or as mentioned, Mimecast and Area 1, or O365 and Area 1. It's necessary to put those extra filters in. And along the same lines, because social engineering is exploiting our networks to create sorts of trust, as I talked about, I think, on the last podcast. We need to consider investments in monitoring our identities, our key identities particularly, those being executives that have authority to request certain actions from staff. So anyone from a vice president or above or a director or above, uh, we should be monitoring their identity and their social network for who's being included in that social network and put more emphasis on monitoring the frequency of requests for additional privileges that come through our email channels to IT. Similarly, IT and HR uh, become important functions to include in enhanced uh, user behavior analytics on the um, network and email, but also on identity monitoring and reporting. Uh, there are tools from companies like uh, 4IQ or ZeroFox that will provide that social media and social network monitoring analytics that can be coupled with internal uh, user behavior analytics. And those tools are really important now to be considered for investment, especially as we are likely to extend for several more months at least in this work from home environment. And then coupled with the user behavior analytics for the internal network and the social media and social network identity monitoring and intelligence, our brand monitoring from companies like uh, Alto Analytics or Forcepoint or the like, because our brands are identities to our partners, our customers, and effectively market, just like our individual identities in social networks are the same to our own networks. And so brands are being targeted just like identities are being targeted by these social engineers as the soft underbelly of security today. And what they offer is a point of access to our networks that then can be used to perform reconnaissance in similar ways to how um, backdoor Trojans from botnets provided and still do provide access to our managed networks to facilitate reconnaissance of system-to-system connections. Uh, That similar technique is being practiced with our social networks, our brand networks, and our um, trust networks of individuals to individuals or brands to brands to facilitate on the basis of trusted authority the request for connections or the request for service instantiations like remote desktop services through VPN or a log me in session through an internet link. So we need to have more social media and brand monitoring coupled with user behavior analytics and network intelligence from things like Mixmode or Palo Alto or the like. So we're being more inclusive in our security architecture uh, because our perimeter is no longer limited to our firewalls. Now it's including effectively all of our devices from 
all of the varied archipelagos that we work from home to participate, not only in our technical network, but also in our social networks. And because of that, the situational awareness needs to expand beyond our technical networks to include our social networks. And we need to be more inclusive in our work style so that more people are involved. I'd recommend at least a weekly status meeting uh, that includes security awareness in the messaging from executives that conduct those meetings so that we're more generally aware that social media targeting and social engineering can be as effective a technique in penetrating and compromising protected information in corporate networks as backdoor Trojans and hacking have proven to be over the last 20 years. Thank you for joining us. More information regarding this subject can be found on our website at www.scrutiny.com. If you have any questions or concerns of any of the topics discussed, please get in touch and keep an eye out for our next episode.